Welcome to Let the Children Fly, where we empower, equip, and encourage parents on their parenting journey. I'm so glad that you're with us here today. I have a story that I want to share with you, and it really is such a beautiful story that encompasses what it looks like to partner with Holy Spirit in your parenting. That, you know, sometimes what you see with your eyes is not what's really going on below the surface. And it's such an amazing um, testimony of how even despite the mess or the frustration that God is working all things out for the good of your children. So I just invite you to just kind of sit back and just um, join me on this journey as I unpack the story. And um, I really am confident that by the end of it, by the final chapter of the story, that you will be as encouraged and as in awe as I was about how the Lord was working in my daughter's life. So here it goes. So she, my daughter's 15, and she was asked if she wanted to dog sit for our neighbors. They lived about 20 houses away, so it wasn't overly close, but it still was in walking distance. And um, I have a rule in my house, and the rule is you can absolutely go check something out in, in a, you know, a different department in the store, or you can go to the bathroom, or you can, you know, my children have some freedom. But one of the rules that I have in an effort to keep them safe is that they always have to have a partner. So they have to take a sibling or a friend with them when they go to the bathroom or, you know, down the aisle or whatever. Um, that's just something that has been established in my house since they were very little. And so my daughter was required to go to this house early in the morning, which I gave her a ride for, and then um, in the evening to bring the dogs back in. She didn't have to go over during the day, but of course she's a dog lover and she couldn't wait to get her hands on this little puppy. And so she asked, hey, after school, hey, can I go back over? And I said, of course, but you know the rule, you have to have a partner. And she kind of gave me a look like really... And I'm like, yep, that's the rule that I have in my house. And if you'd like to walk 20 houses down, go ahead and grab a partner. So she kind of fought me a little bit on it. And I just thought it's non-negotiable. This is not the time and a place to, to renegotiate my boundaries for safety. And if you don't like it and you don't want that, that's not a problem. But then you're going to have to choose not to go. So she kind of grunted and moaned a little bit. And she went ahead and she asked her younger sister, Ellie, if Ellie would be willing to go with her. So they took off. And so I sit down in my chair. It's about 100 degrees out. It's the first time now for um, since probably four in the morning. This is now like four in the afternoon that I've had a chance to sit down all day. And I, I sit down and I'm like, wow, feels so good to have a quiet house and to be able to take a break. And all of a sudden, I just felt like this check in my spirit that I needed to go down to my daughter. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I grabbed my other daughter and I said, let's go for a little bit of an afternoon walk. And so in the heat of the day, we took off down towards the, the house where my um, daughters were. And as I looked down the road, I could see my youngest daughter walking all by herself, walking back home. And I thought, well, that's so strange. Where's her partner? Where's Lauren? Well, Lauren was clearly way down, probably about, you know, 10, 12 houses apart from each other. So I got to Ellie and I said, what's going on? And she kind of was like, well, I don't want to be with Lauren anymore. And I just told her, I said, that's not acceptable. I said, you went with her, yes, to see the dog, but more so to keep her safe as her partner. You need to be faithful and you need to go back with your partner. And if there's something that you guys need to work out, not a problem, but you cannot ditch your partner. You, you just don't do that. So she walked back to Lauren and I proceeded to come back home with Emma. 
And when they got home and we sat down, I kind of came down a little bit hard on Ellie and just really went after, you know, you don't bail and you don't, you don't jump ship just because it got hard. You don't just leave her there. And that, you know, not a problem to work it out, but you were there to keep her safe or to, you know, there's strength in numbers. And, um, was really concerned that that had happened. She apologized. She could see that that was wrong. She apologized. And I just felt like God said, no, there's more. And so I asked her, I said, babe, why did you leave your sister? So it was wrong that you did. It was not kind and it wasn't honoring to the household rules. Um, but why did you do that? And she just kind of morphed into this, you know, she just got really upset. And she said, mom, she said, that was miserable. She said the whole way there, she was telling me that I'm not allowed to talk, um, you know, to be with the dogs and that this was her job. And she said, we walked into the house and she wouldn't even like let me pet the dog. And it's like I was supposed to just sit in the corner and let her do all the playing and taking care of the dogs. And she said, I just felt so unseen. I felt like she didn't even want me there. And she said, Mom, it was horrible. And so I, she said, I kept trying to honor her and like support her in what she was trying to do. But it's like no matter what I tried to do or say, it's like she would get mad at me. Then I turned on Lauren and I, I was like, Lauren, what is going on with you? And she kind of pushed back a little bit and she said, well, I don't like your rules. I don't think it's fair that at 15 that I should have to have somebody walk down the street with me. And normally in my parenting, that would have been something that we would have camped out in for a little bit and we would have really been working that one out. Um, but I just felt, come on, sometimes you just feel Holy Spirit on your parenting. And it was as if I was holding on to something and I completely just opened up my arms or my, my hand and I let it go. I said, um, so are you telling me that you do not, you do not like my rules for safety? And she said, yes. I said, you're telling me that you do not feel like you need a partner when you walk, you know, when you walk down there. She said, yes. I said, so you're telling me that you're not cool with any of this? She said, yes. And it's like my hand just opened and I said, okay. I said, um, I said, all right then. And I got up and it was the end of the conversation. Here's the brilliant part about that. I was actually fully at peace when I said that. I was completely at peace in my mind, my body, my soul, and my spirit when I did that. And so I just felt, okay, it's going to become a teachable moment. I do not know how, but it's going to be. At 15, absolutely, they want the freedom of the world, and they see no danger anywhere. But at 15, she's not ready for all the freedoms of the world. And there's a dance that we have to do with children when they're asking for greater empowerment and they're asking for greater freedoms and giving that to them at the appropriate time and and place, but also realizing teen years are not the time to just let them have whatever they want simply because they've demanded it or they've given you pushback. So anyways, I just knew that God was going to turn it into a teachable moment. So there's peace for the rest of the day. And it, it's now becoming nighttime and it's starting to get dark out. It's not dark out yet, but it's starting to get there. We happened to be watching a family movie. And I said to Lauren, I said, hey, what are you going to do about those dogs? Because they do need to get, you know, be brought in for the night. And all of a sudden she looked outside and she saw that it was getting dark out. She started to panic. And she said, I can't go over there right now, mom. It's getting too dark. And I I did. I went to the front door and I opened it for her. And I said, baby, but you need to. This is your job. And I said, you are responsible for two living, you know, animals. And and the family is depending upon you. You do need to go over there and you do need to bring them in and take care of them. And she went into this full blown like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm scared. Mom, I can't do this. You can't make me walk in the dark. 
And I said, but baby, this is your job. This is what you like. You can't just bail on them. And it, come on, you guys, sometimes we have to dig our, 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 our own heels into the sand and realize that um, there's a time and a place to back off and there's a time and a place to dig deep. And this is just one of those times that I felt like the God, I felt like God was saying, dig very deep, like draw, dig deep, draw the line in the sand and do not move from her. And so I, I, I just kept saying, but you have a job and you need to be faithful with it. And people are depending upon you for it. And she was outside in the entryway and she's crying. She's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it got so bad. I finally said to her, I said, here's the deal, babe. I said, you are revealing a lot about what's going on inside your heart right now. I said, I said, if you are going to walk in the store and you are not going to take care of those animals, I said, um, then there's going to be consequences for that. And I said, but you don't just get to go in the morning and, you know, like, um, the dogs need to be taken care of tonight. So either you do it or you don't. And if you don't, there's consequences. You can't pick and choose what you're going to do. Come on. She wants to be behind a wheel shortly with a driver's license. And if she is having a hard time being faithful with the job that she was entrusted with, come on, come on. This is a big learning lesson for her right here. So anyways, she finally just kept, she said, I cannot do it, mom. I cannot walk down there in the dark. And so she came in and I was going to grab the other kids and go bring the dogs in myself. And something about that just felt so slimy. It just felt like that was not the right answer. So I told them to go ahead and go back and watch the movie. And I went um, into her room and I said, babe, I said, I'm sorry, but you do need to go. And at, at this point, now she's tasted, oh my gosh, what have I just done? Not being faithful with this job. And so she walked out and she thought for sure I was going to walk with her. And I got into the car and I was, I was driving as she was walking. And she's kind of moping and she's walking really slow. Come on, guys. Sometimes when we partner with Holy Spirit, you have to trust him. You have to trust him when he says, hug your children when it's the last thing that you feel like doing. We have to trust our children, trust God when he says, leave our children, you know, in Sunday school or or at a friend's house or, or on the ball field or something when our hearts want to go rescue them and save them. We have to trust that the father knows what he's doing when he's doing surgery and when he's leading our children. And so um, it was hard for me to be in the car and to follow her because I didn't want to do it. That wasn't my job. And it was it was kind of sacrifice. I was um, I was putting forth more effort and energy into taking care of her job than she was. And so anyways, I just felt like Holy Spirit said, leave her, leave her. And so I put my foot on the gas and I went about 10 houses in front of her. And she was having to walk into the in the dark down to the dogs. And then as she caught up to me, I kind of went up ahead again and so she had to walk into the house. She took care of the dogs. And I'm sitting outside in the car waiting for her. And I'm thinking, okay, she did it. I'm going to let her come in the car with me. I'm going to rescue her. I'm going to bring my baby back into my arms. You know, come on. You know what that feels like. And I heard God say, go, go take off. And so I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do that. Like that just sounded mean. It almost sounded like I was torturing my daughter. But when God tells you to do something, you do it. And so I went forward. I, I wasn't able to drive all the way home. My heart was just hurting for her. But I, I did go where she couldn't see me. So she had to walk back out of that house, pitch black, and she had to actually start walking down thinking she was doing, doing it herself. She didn't know that I could still actually see her and she was safe. But this went on for the whole way home. 
She gets home and she's obviously crying. She's upset. She's mad. She's sweaty. And she goes to take a quick shower. And I grabbed the other kids and I said, hey, guys, have you ever been in a situation where your mess or your weakness has just been displayed in front of the whole family? And they all knew exactly what that felt like. And I said, your sister is struggling right now. And I said, not only that, she's firstborn. And firstborn babies do not like it when their younger sisters or or brothers or siblings see them in a weak spot. They just don't like it. So I said, when she comes out of her shower, I said, I'm going to I'm going to have her come in here and I want you guys to minister to her and break off some of that shame. And it was so sweet. Hudson said immediately, oh, sister, I know exactly how you feel. (laughs) And so we ministered to her for a little bit and she was feeling safe again with the family. And she immediately went into, Mommy, I'm very sorry. I, or, she didn't call me Mommy. She said, Mom, I'm so sorry. I know that what I did was wrong and I wasn't being responsible and, you know, yada, yada. And so she made it right with me. And then, so all was going great. And then she looks at Ellie, um, who she knew she was very mean to. And she's, she's apologizing, but she's like wringing her fingers, like her hands, like she's so upset. And the look on her face is like she's in full-blown anger. And shes it doesn't match. It doesn't match the full-blown repentance and the emotion of how broken she was over her choices. But now in saying it, making it right with Ellie, she's super mad. And I didn't mean to. You guys are, are going <laughs> to judge me for this one. But I blurted out laughing. And I just told her, I said, I'm so sorry. This is so inappropriate that I'm laughing. But I said, this is not reconciling. You're so repentant and you're so humble and you're so broken. And yet you're so angry when you have to make this right with Ellie. And I said, something else is going on here. And I said, babe, I said, we need to look at this anger. I said, do you want to do it right now? Because she does have a free will. I said, do you want to look at whatever is going on inside your heart right now? And she said yes, and I asked her if she wanted to do it with the whole family or if she wanted to do it in private. And she said private. So all the other kids kind of ran away. (laughs) They knew we were getting into a a, a critical place here. But anyways, so we just started tracking with Jesus. What on earth is going on with the anger? I've taught my kids that anger is not, we, we don't deal with anger. We deal with what is underneath the anger. And we've dubbed it SSL, which stands for sad, scared, or lonely. And so I said, babe, SSL, what are you really feeling underneath the anger? Are you sad? Are you scared? Or are you lonely? And she just kind of broke down and she said, all of them, mom, I feel all of them right now. And I said, what are you so scared of? And she said that Ellie will find out that something's wrong with me and she won't like me. Hmm, come on. That's a really scary place for for anybody to be in. It's a super scary place for a firstborn to be in. And it's a very scary place to be in with your siblings. To feel like you're, you don't have that safety with your siblings or if they discover something gross about you or unpleasant, that they'll actually reject you. That you'll be rejected in your own family. Come on, that is a horrible place to, um, to be and a thing to feel for a little girl, young girl, young lady. And so we started asking Jesus, where did this come from? When did she first learn that fear? And she had a really difficult seventh and eighth grade year. She was introduced to in those years, 
the the negative side or the bad side of how women can be or of how girls can be the backstabbing the judgment the being critical the slander and the gossip it was one of the first times that she was introduced to that that side of a female and she would have these these friends these peers in class that would pick on other girls and occasionally they would do it to Lauren but most of the time Lauren was hearing them do it about somebody else and it crushed Lauren. It crushed her and it made her so aware that other girls, her peers, are looking at her and they might find something wrong with her. I didn't realize that since then, she's now in the 10th grade, I didn't realize that she'd been carrying around that those glasses or that the fear or the filter for the last four years. But she said that... Um, she says, Mom, I have great days at school because I made it through the whole day and nobody picked on me or nobody was critical of me or nobody judged me. And I thought, oh, baby, that we do not manage this. We do not manage the spirit of fear. We do not manage the fear of, of man's approval. We actually deal with it and we overcome it so that we're set free from it. And so we, I just led her into forgiving these girls again for introducing that to her and for modeling the dark side of how females um, operate. All it is is an orphan. It's a, it's a female acting as like an orphan rather than a daughter. And so, um, and just because you don't know who you are, and so you partner with that orphan, orphan spirit. And so we forgave them for introducing her to that lifestyle and to that, um, that behavior of a female. And then we just asked Jesus for his truth. And then, um, we just did some ministry in our own heart. I had her actually ask for forgiveness of herself for not being kind to herself and judging her and herself and putting herself in that critical place of even being subjected to being judged. And so anyways, so then we brought Ellie back in and she was able to fully repent with Ellie and tell Ellie from her real heart how sorry she was for being so mean and for being so disrespectful to her. And um, come on, I just I want to highlight in this beautiful, beautiful story that unfolded um, in my own home that, you know, my daughter was making a mess and it was super frustrating. It was annoying. It was not at the right time. It was super inconvenient. And um, absolutely, it would have been so easy to come down with those parenting tools of, you know, being really strong and being really, you know, full of discipline and, you know, giving her firm consequences for her choices. And there's a time and a place for that. But in this particular situation, God's like, I've got this one. I've got this. I know what I'm doing. And I'm setting her free. And I, I look at the mess that she made that day. And I'm like, what a small price to pay for Jesus to come in and to set you free. She's 15 years old. And she got, um, it broke off of her, the, the negative side of how women can be. And it, it broke it off of her. There are some 23, some 33, or some 53 and on women that have not yet learned this. And so, again, the moral of the story, moms and dads, is I just want you to see that sometimes our children's messes are because God is revealing a touch point in their life where they need to encounter the Holy Spirit. There's a time and a place for character, and there's a time and a place to let God step in and do surgery in their hearts. All right. I hope this is a blessing to you and to your children.